1: Mm-hmm. which looked like it hurt more. The lights out match or
0: the exploding barbed wire death match. Oh, oh, it's close. It's close. I'm going to go with the ladies on this one. Yeah. Shout out to the dentist kicking ass. It was nice. Love. I don't know why, but women bleeding in matches just hits way differently than dudes. Bleeding. <laughs> it was awesome. But yes, sorry, Kenny, and apologies to John Boxley.
1: Let's talk about it, but first. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Russ Battle Season 1 champion, Michael Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The silver lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy.
0: This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks.
1: Hey, this is WWE superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder Dan Black, a.k.a. the
0: Goof Harajah I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will And you're listening listening, to You're you're listening to to, And you are listening to You're listening to You're listening to to The
1: Masked Man Show The Masked Man Show The Masked Man Show The Masked Man Show The Masked Man Man Show Welcome to The Masked Man Show With Kaz, how you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing okay, brother. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing good. You got a lot of lights behind you. Looks like you're doing something important.
0: Uh, that's. This is just the office. This is how it always <laughs> looks in here. <laughs> so, MSG, WWE, uh, any sort of video stuff. You see the, the prompter there, all that stuff. It's all, it's all, it's all TV magic. Yeah,
1: these. Are, it's, it's all just lighting for his Instagram photos. That's it, man. That. Uh, <laughs> wow! Wow! Listen, I said a lot of things last week, and I don't regret saying them, but mm-hmm. I said a lot of things about how AEW was on the precipice and I was let down by the execution of the pay-per-view, uh, but that last week's show was great. Uh, I think the more the important, the salient thing coming out of this week of wrestling programming is that if I was right about anything, it's that AEW is on the precipice. I have a list of notes and... Uh, and uh, WWE is not in the top half of them yeah. uh, for things to discuss yeah. this week.
0: Comment warriors, this is your day. A lot of AEW talk. <laughs> this is this is your episode. So yes, let's get into it, Dave. We had an
1: absolute killer of a main event on Dynamite last night. No pun intended. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. It was a brutal match. Uh, we had a lot of good promos. MJF and Christian Cage both at the top of their game on the microphone. No doubt about that. Um, and I want to talk about the main event. I want to talk about where it ranks in the
0: history of women's wrestling matches. Oh, man, it's not even the match is even what behind the ears yet. Come on, Dave. <laughs> I know. I know.
1: But since I just said I don't have anything to talk about with WWE and since it's fresh in my mind. I do just want to complain. I like to complain at the top of the show. Get people talking. Mhm. What the hell is wrong with WWE and Monday Night Raw? Like what you have 3 hour 3 hours of programming that they struggle to fill every week and just two little things off the top. One mm-hmm. you announce Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre on Twitter. Instead, you have three hours to fill. You haven't done any of the work on Raw. And now you just announce it on Twitter. Like, if you're going to announce it on Twitter and before Fastlane, announce it three weeks ago. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a weird use of time. And then, totally different situation. But, but question number, or issue number two, you can't even find time for Andrade, who's, like, out here begging for his release now. You can't find time to put him on TV. At least just, like, like three hours to fill on Monday night raw. Would it really kill you to have like an hour of just work rate every week? You know, just like if you don't have time to book storylines, that's fine. Yeah, Do the old WCW cruiserweight gimmick, where it's just the first hour is just matches, you know, like who it's crazy.
0: Yeah. That's, that's my one thing, right? Like, and I always said this anytime anyone asked me about like my time in WWE is like the hardest thing about working there, especially if you're like, you're a fan of the product is looking some of the best wrestlers in the world in the face and being like, I'm sorry, man, the old man, you know, like there's nothing for it. like for me, it was it was Hideo Itami, also known as um Kenta, where just like having nothing for him on TV. It's like, geez, I, I love this dude. It's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I can't get that. And I think that Andrade is kind of in the same boat. And, you know, he was sort of in the same boat when I was there too. You know, like he's. I think the one thing that's always kind of held him back unfortunately was that like he really kind of his his English is not great at all. Um, not that that's ever stopped anybody else from being very successful in wrestling in the past but I think it's just kind of an unfortunate set of circumstances. You know, with Zelina Vega being letting go and Zelina Vega being red hot on the microphone in in addition to, you know, really, really, really making sure Andrade was was an important part of the project. And even when he wasn't talking so much. When I was there, every week, him and Rey Mysterio were having these banana ham sandwich matches <laughs> like every single week where it's like, yo, you gotta watch this match. Like, if you don't watch anything on SmackDown, you gotta watch Ray and Andrade tear it up for four segments or for three segments. Like, and it was the best thing on the show. Wasn't saying two words. Zelina was, was all facial expressions and talks and and and, and promos. And they just let Andrade do what he does best, which is like he's a he's a he's a like generational talent. I know people throw that term out a lot, but Andrade is a generational in ring talent. Like just an amazing, amazing. Like I will, I could bring a casual wrestling watcher and be like, watch this guy wrestle, and he'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. this dude's awesome.
1: That's so funny. I was gonna well, well later on we're gonna talk about uh, in the, in women's wrestling specifically. Like we're gonna, we have we have a new potentially recurring feature called the Star Power Rankings, and we're gonna break it down for you. But but you're right. When it comes to Andrade, you know you can say all you want about his English and whatever else, but like star power wise, if you saw him wrestle, if if someone who didn't watch wrestling, a lapsed fan or something, came and what came and watched him in the ring for a minute and just saw him, they'd be like, this dude's a star.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an, it's unfortunate, man. Like, I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I hope they figure something out with him or let him go. Because, like, just as a fan of wrestling, like, it's kind of an injustice just not see him do what he does best, you know. So, um, yeah. And and on top of that, again, and, and and you know, I guess we'll talk about WWE later. But I'm like, my gosh, like, you you can't. You got what four or five weeks to WrestleMania, and you announce the championship match the most story title that you have on the company. Not the most important, but definitely the most, the most story title is, is worth a tweet and a first segment announcement from Big Bob. Um, that sucks. <laughs> Watching three hours of anything is tough, right? And I've always been a big proponent of if you're going to have three-hour wrestling, a three-hour uh, wrestling show, it has to be almost all Wrestling. That has to be a lot of action. Like shit has to be happening all the time for me to be, you know, uh, you know, the, the first rule of show is let leave people wanting more. And by the third hour, every every week of Raw, I'm like, God damn, it's only 1040. <laughs> like it's only 1020. Like, let's hurry it up. But yeah, it's Raw is in rough shape, dude. Raw's in really rough shape. Even though I love even though I love the hurt business and I love Lashley and I love New Day. And uh, I I I dig what they're doing with with almost and making him an attraction for WrestleMania. It's just three hours of TV. No, that's
1: listen. We don't even have to do that. I mean, we like we didn't have to get there, but you got there. Yeah, for no reason at all. Like. The the point of these Twitter or shotgun moves should be to simplify things, right? And the fact that you took the titles off the Hurt Business to put them on the New Day to just to to just make sure everybody was aware that AJ Styles had a WrestleMania match, like what it, it really felt like they got a memo from Peacock at noon on Monday, who were just like, "Guys, we need a WrestleMania card set so we can start putting out this promo stuff," and so they were just like. All right, let's just move everything do everything we can do just to make sure everybody knows the card. I mean, there should be no situation first of all, there should be no situation in which everything is just so transparent, right? It's like you know that someone said out loud, we can take the titles off the hurt business. It's fine because they're gonna have their spot come into the ring with Bobby at WrestleMania, you know like that like it's already fit. it's already set in stone or whatever. We already know they're gonna be there. It's okay. You know also that I mean, it doesn't you should never use social media to do anything except simplify things and people came away from the Lashley announcement the Lashley McIntyre announcement with more questions than they went in with right they're just like what does it mean if McIntyre loses at Fastlane on Sunday right like what like does it not affect the WrestleMania main event no apparently it doesn't so why not make that the storyline on Raw you know why not maybe it is
0: maybe it is maybe Sheamus wins maybe Sheamus does win at Fastlane and now Sheamus has a claim to be like, you know what? I should be in the main event at WrestleMania. Maybe I should be. And maybe that's why they did it. But who knows? Who the hell knows? And uh, yeah, Raw is, Raw is war.
1: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're going to preview Fastlane and Full at the end of the show, but before we get there, obviously, we have important things, good, happy things to talk about.
0: Good, happy things.
1: The happiest thing of all was a very bloody thing, and it was the main event on AEW Dynamite last night. Uh, It was was a women's match between Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker, and man, I was not expecting what I saw. Mm. Kaz, Britt Baker, Thunder
0: Rosa, what do you think? By far and away, by far and away the best women's wrestling match in AEW history. I don't got to think too hard mm-hmm. on it. Can't think too hard on... And I, and it's not just because I'm a sucker for blood and guts and high spots and shit. Like, one, it was built right. The Thunder Rosa-Bert Breaker story has been told really well. Um, It was the main event as well. I think it was the, the first ever women's main event in AEW history. And, I mean... I've said a lot. I'll say it again. Um, They have no reason to not have these sort of matches every single week. AEW has Mm -hmm. definitely... they, They have positioned themselves as the wrestling fans wrestling show. They're not trying to do entertainment. They're not trying to... I mean, they'll do some mainstream stuff here and there. But to me, it's like, okay, this show is for the hardcore wrestling fans. And outside of the actual physical toll it takes for to have these sort of matches every single week. Um, This is kind of the audience that they're super serving. You want excellent wrestling. You want, and and my God, I I know I I shit on AEW a lot in the early stages, but I always said, give them time. They're a young company. They're Mm -hmm. super young. They got to get things done. They got to establish themselves. They need an identity first before people start crying about, oh, well, there's not enough emphasis on the women's division. Oh well, the mid-card's not really that great. Oh well, there's not enough uh representation, you know what I mean, like totally understand that. It was all uh, you know, very logical feelings to have about a company, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That being said, they've addressed almost all of my earlier concerns with AEW, right? The mid-card is strong. The TNT Championship seems important, and Darby Allens turned into, like, one of their biggest stars alongside Sting. The women's division has definitely upgraded. They've gotten some fun from NWA. They got some fun from Impact. They've uh, AEW Dark has been doing really well. Um, and they're starting to see a little bit more inclusion on there. But I I always thought the first thing that they had to address was their women's division because the one thing WWE has on AEW that they're not even scratching, they can't even touch them on that, is their women's division. Like, I think WWE has far and away the best women's talent in pro wrestling. And um, one match isn't going to change that. One match isn't going to be like, oh, well, AEW has the best women's matches now. Um, But it's definitely, definitely, definitely a step in the right direction. Um, this is going to be a match that, you know, every 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 division, every form of wrestling needs some sort of like tentpole, needs some sort of pull benchmark to be like, okay, this is the benchmark now, and it was set last night. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, tearing the house down, bloody mess. They already got the shirts on sale of Britt Baker's like Blood From a Stone, Becky Lynch, sort of uh, uh, bloody-faced moment right there. And um, now, they see that it works. Not saying that they didn't know that wouldn't work before, but now that they see, okay, they went for it, they put them in the main event, and they over-delivered. Over-delivered, by far. Probably, might be the best AEW match of the year so far. But definitely the one I remember the most. But incredible, incredible. Hats off to both of those ladies. They kicked ass.
1: Completely, completely. Uh, it, it was just a fantastic match. And it was, I mean, listen, it's rare in professional wrestling or in anything else. Because I, I didn't watch this live, I must admit, but it's rare to see the gif, a couple of gifts first, and then have the match actually exceed the expectations that those crazy gifts set. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was absolutely it was bonkers on so many levels. I mean, yes, it was a hardcore match and like the, you know, the blood and uh, the thumbtacks, everything else, you know, it was, it was surprising, but you know, there's a lot of surprises built into it. Right. I mean, they did build this, the, the build for this match was good. The build for this match did not necessitate these two having great chemistry or, or, or putting on a show like this, even putting on half this show. I was surprised by the end ring product. I mean, any, everyone should be surprised that the distance that, that Britt Baker has grown since the begin since just the start of AEW, right? I mean, she's she was a great character from day one, but was not gonna there was no reason to believe she was gonna be, you know, your five-star match person, you know, in, in this company by by a long shot. She and Thunder Rosa just put on a clinic out there. I mean, it was a great match. And you, and listen and listen we we said it a couple weeks ago when uh Bobby Lashley won the the WWE title and, and and you know reacted with emotion upon winning it just watching Thunder Rosa go for that pin and act, and as soon as they th- the you know she got the third the three count she was almost like trying to give Britt Baker a hug on national television you know I mean just the emotion and then you saw that she had a great I think off air interview with Shivani where she was talking about putting the women's division on the map I mean they did it they did it. There's a lot. Of, and listen, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm going to put this company on the map or I'm going to put this division on the map or I'm going to put whatever on the map and not actually living quite getting there. It's fine to just like, you know, like Arn Anderson says, it's fine to toot your own horn. But uh, but this was a case where she like, it, you know, it's a it's a metaphor. I mean, there's no real like bar for doing it. But yeah, she 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 put it on the map. She yeah. Put it on the map.
0: Yeah. And, and and you could tell it feels like, you know, when you're having those moments you could feel it mid-match. Any wrestler that I've ever talked to, like, I've talked to, like, Sasha Banks about this. I've talked to um, Kofi. I've talked to, you know, MVP. Lots of guys about, like, when you know you got them, right? Like, when you know you're mm-hmm. in the middle of the match, like, before the match is even over, you know that this is a classic. Like, you know this is something that everyone... You, you did something special. And you could tell, like, as soon as the bell... Rang. She was already in tears. She was already crying. Like, yeah, y'all did it. Y'all pulled it off. Y'all got that spot. Y'all got that that that, you know, you only really get one shot to put, you know, do not miss a chance to blow. Just kidding. You only get mm-hmm. one shot to really uh, you know, make a statement like that. And they they hit it out the park, man. Like that was one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. Um, definitely the best. Women's match in AEW history, but I mean, it's right up there with Bailey Sasha, right up there with right. Charlotte Becky, right up there. I'm glad, like, that,
1: I'm glad, that, I'm glad that you said that. We don't need to do power rankings right now, but Meltzer came on it did the show after last after the show last night and and uh, and said two things that have stirred up a little bit of conversation. One that uh, this was one of the greatest matches. Wait, let me make sure I have the exact quote. Uh, one of one of the best women's matches in American pro wrestling history. And then subsequently he said um, that uh, Britt comes across as a bigger star than any woman in WWE right now. Now, I'm going to set that one aside for a second. But just in terms of this being one of the greatest matches in American pro, women's matches in American pro wrestling history. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to do a quick sidebar right here. For the purposes of discussing this match, you know, we don't separate out women's and men's accomplishments always sometimes it's not it's not appropriate to separate them out in terms of like wrestling and hardcore wrestling in particular it's totally appropriate right i mean this is a and it's not because women are a a, a different category in terms of talent or skill or anything else it's because of history it's because they haven't been given the opportunity to do this stuff for decades and decades right i mean we have it, it is a very very new development so when we talk about this being that we don't need to say this is one of the best matches of all time. No one could say that; it's, it's too complicated. But the thing is, you can talk about the best women's matches in America of all time because the because it's a pretty close set, right? I mean, we we can talk about these things on a
0: week to week basis, and it's because
1: wrestling history has been really unkind to women.
0: Yeah, but, no, uh, that's uh, that's all I was gonna say. Meltzer's half right, you know what I mean? Like, it definitely is one of, the, without a doubt, definitely one of the best women's matches in North American history. Because you said it; like the the history isn't that deep, you know, like outside of stuff on Shimmer. And uh, you know, some some WWE matches way back in the day with Trish and Lita, you know, there's not a whole ton of great knockdown, drag out, memorable women's matches like that that you can put up with anything. And most of those matches, and again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, most of these matches have taken place within the last Eight to ten years, one would say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so you could you could put it up there. Most of those matches have taken place in WWE. Uh TNA's up there too. I mean, no, no knock to the knockout division. Gail Kim and Awesome Kong had some great matches in those in in those uh in her in her prime over there. Uh obviously the NXT era of the four horsewomen were just banging out just classics every week. And now, yeah. you know, you see just how far they've come. And, you know, the NXT Women's Division now with the Ripleys and the Io Shirais and, you know, just Mm -hmm. just Dakota Kai's and like all these people that are just incredibly, incredibly talented. And um, it's hard. It is hard to make that sort of statement um, in 2021. And then they did it, man. So uh, Meltzer's half right. He's definitely half right. It was definitely I I, I said it right before we got into the segment. When I think about this match, it's gonna put it's. I'll put it up there with Bailey Sasha and Brooklyn. I'll put it up there with Becky and uh, Charlotte from uh, Evolution. Evolution, I'll put yeah. it up there with, um, you know, uh, man. I want to say Sasha Bailey Ember, Hell in a Cell. Sasha I Bailey Hell in a Cell. I'll put it up there with um, Ember Moon and and Shayna Baszler they had a pretty incredible mm-hmm. set of matches man. Oscar Yeah, you get and, down to
1: NXT, it's there's a there's a lot of them there's, man. Yeah. I mean that, there's that old there's that there's an old Sasha the, the big Sasha Bailey match. Uh mm-hmm. I mean sorry, sorry, Bailey Sasha was Sasha, tight Sa- Sasha, Sasha Becky match in NXT that is overlooked a lot for the ho- in the Horseman matches but that that was a banger. There's so You're right. I mean Oscar, there's so many good ones. There's so many good ones. So let's pivot now to something that's I mean it's not <laughs> We can discuss the matches all day long. We've done it all day long. It's it is interesting because the context is pretty shallow, right? Because what we don't we don't need to go into a history of women's wrestling or women's hardcore, right? This doesn't need to be like a, a treatise on like Mickey Knuckles, Lufisto matches or whatever to understand that this was a freaking huge accomplishment, right? But it's the second thing that Meltzer said that makes me a little bit more interested yes. to discuss for just for pure discussion's sake. Yes. Does Britt come across as a bigger star than any any woman in WWE right now? Well, okay. In the moment where she's bleeding profusely and doing her little, like, Mick esque dazed look at the camera stare and going into the thumbtacks and, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Britt, in that moment... Brit's the biggest women star in the world if you wanted to cordon those off. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? So but so was but so was Becky. <laughs> but no, no, no. In that moment, I'm saying because but like that mo- when Becky was bleeding profusely from her face and like, you know, given like the like putting her fist up in the in the crowd after she broke her nose, after her nose was broken accidentally mm-hmm. on Nia Jax, mm-hmm. uh in that moment she was the biggest women star in the world, but she only went on to actually establish herself as the biggest women's star in the world because of what came after that, right? That's a that is a moment in time on top of which you can build. I don't think. I mean, are you? I don't. I don't. I assume you're not going to make the case that Doctor Britt Baker is the biggest women's star in the world.
0: No, but no, Meltzer, and this is why, and this is why people don't fuck with Meltzer take so much, man. It's like, yo, y- y- he's you got so much credibility, and you are you know, by far the most, you know, storied pro North American pro wrestling historian. You know what I mean? Yeah. And currently, you know what I mean? Like there's no there's no knocking that. But it's like then you say stuff and it's just like, really? Like how in touch are you, dude? Like you, you like historically, I you you can't go against anything Meltzer says, obviously. He's been doing this longer than I've even been watching wrestling. So like I'm never disrespecting him like that. ever, 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 ever. ever. But it's like To say Britt Baker comes off as a bigger star than anybody in WWE, like, I'm sorry. Was Sasha Banks not on The Mandalorian? Like, is she not, like, somebody who is mainstream? Like, you know, I'm sorry. I know wrestling and the world of pro wrestling is a very incubated sort of world that people just kind of, you know, you understand it. You understand it if you don't get out of here. But Sasha Banks is a mainstream star. Becky Lynch is a mainstream star. Charlotte Flair is a mainstream star. I know people who do not watch any bit of wrestling who know who Ric Flair's daughter is, or Charlotte Flair is. But just wait till she's in the Walking Tall remake. Right? Like, like, I mean, come on. Like, Britt Baker, a hell of a night. And that's kind of what helps. That's what makes people just be contrarian for contrarian's sake, that, that bring down a great moment, something that should be celebrated, something that should be like, yo, AEW. Hit it out the park with their women's division that was severely lacking for the first maybe two years of their existence, right? And now it's like, oh, they did one thing good. Now Bert Baker is bigger than Bianca Belair. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, it's like re, re relax. Like, let's just pump the brakes just a smidge. And maybe this is why he says these things. Maybe he says these sort of things. So people like us can get on the podcast. And 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 talk and tell him how wrong he is or how much okay. the shit he is, or whatever. But it's working, so I'm here to say yes, yes. Okay, so listen.
1: Set aside. Let's 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 do this just for fun. I alluded to it earlier. Yeah. Uh, setting aside specifically what Meltzer said, here's what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about taking out his own term. You know, on, on his own terms. If last night made Britt Baker the the biggest star in women's wrestling, it did. Didn't. But let's just say if it did. Basically, the criteria is if you just watched last night, you would be like, wow, this, she lost the match and came out a megastar, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in terms of just straight star power, just star power, here is the criteria that I'm giving you. You get to watch a finishing move and a pin, and you get to just see somebody grab a mic and give 10 seconds of a promo. Right, so it's not even about what they say so much. It's about how do they look in the ring, standing there, and how do they, and just like the just the like the bass drum hitting one time of a promo. If that's all you get coming down from outer space on an airplane, that's how we're gonna gauge star power ranking for the purposes of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Who's at the top of the list? Because I think as I agree with everything that you said. But it's a totally different. It's a
0: it's, it's a different calculus, right? Yeah. The biggest woman's wrestling star on the planet is Sasha Banks. Okay. Point blank. And for and, and listen,
1: I don't <laughs> think and and the, and the and the criteria that I just said, I don't think that goes against it, right? I mean, yeah. I think that you would, but I think that the people that that you make the case for the rest of the people on the list, it the list gets interesting, right? Because I think that you can make the case for Charlotte. Physical size, Mm -hmm. her her big moveset when they hit, it looks great, when it looks good, you know, and and she's, I mean, listen, with that robe or whatever, she gets on the microphone,
0: you would understand
1: that she's a big star, right?
0: I'll put, I'll I'll even say so much this. If in a world, in in an alternate universe, if Charlotte Flair was like, you know what, I'm leaving WWE and going to AEW, she'd be the biggest star in AEW, man, woman, Mm -hmm. or child you know yeah. what I mean she would be she'd be the biggest star
1: <laughs> child only in AEW <laughs> it's actually it's actually a valid thing but but listen here but here but here like I'm just writing on the back of a napkin here mm-hmm. he, the, the, the people that I think or are, are, I'm sure I'm gonna leave some off worthy of discussion for it's just women's wrestling star power rankings in AEW WWE right Sasha Charlotte
0: Bianca Bayley, Belair Bianca
1: Rhea Ripley Asuka
0: um, Io Shirai
1: Iosha Shirai, Io Shirai yeah, uh, and then you kind of get into Alexa, Amber Moon, Candice Raquel
0: Gonzalez. I throw I throw Alexa Bliss up there too. Uh, Alexa Bliss has had a lot of go home segments, even though it's been on not great Listen, episodes of Raw. She's
1: got she she's she's almost like she's almost like, a long time ago. I wrote a piece uh, where I made the case that that uh, that Paul Heyman we should be considered a top tier wrestler. Because if because if wrestling is like half in ring and half on the mic, he was so he was he was as good in the ring as like you know Dean Malenko or Chris Benoit. I mean, he was as good on the mic as like Chris Benoit ever was in the ring. And we we called Chris Benoit the greatest wrestler of the world for a while. You know, it's mm-hmm. like so. Mm-hmm. But anyway, on the, and and though and when you talk about it that way, yeah, I mean Alexa Bliss is not just strictly a talker, but in character work, she's a superstar, right? But then over on the AEW side, I mean, if you saw a finishing move and 10 seconds of a promo from Jade Cargill are you, is she not one of the top 5 of top 5 star power wrestlers in the world? She's a star. And we're li- we're leaving Thunder Rose out of the conversation too. I mean, I've never seen I I don't think I've ever gone from I don't think I've ever done like a straight up double take on a wrestler in the past 3 4 years where I was just like that's got to be the one of the best wrestlers in the world and it kind of proved to be right.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Um in that in that sort of criteria, like you said, uh again, Jade Cargill hasn't wrestled a whole lot, but if we're still just talking about things that make up everything that is a sports entertainer or a professional wrestler, yeah, she's definitely a star. But I mean, to put her up in the in the in the ranks of the Sasha Bianca's Charlotte's, I guess Britt Bakers of the world. I mean, even then, even with that match, even with that. Everything that she's 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 taken, you know, she's she's done in the past couple of weeks. Still not ready to put her up there quite yet. Only because, you know, even after Sasha, I, I, I was in Brooklyn. Even after I watched Sasha and Bailey uh, tear it up at Barclays Center, I was still just like, man, like it didn't really hit. Like the gravity of the match hadn't really hit me until. For, for several years later. Like, as I, like, watched, like, you know, granted, I've always kind of been into all types of wrestling, and, you know, NXT, that four-host-women era of NXT really, really got me into, like, oh, no, these girls could really fucking go. Like, you know, maybe, maybe there's been, you know, better wrestling in, in Mexico or Japan or Shimmer and all this type of stuff. But as far as, like, just catching my eye and attention... That's where it starts for me, with the NXT Four Horsewoman, And yep. that is, you know, that has absolutely... I've been chasing the dragon ever since. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, does this match make me feel like how Sasha and Bayley made me feel in Brooklyn that night? Where yep. I was literally on the edge of my seat, like in near, not even tears. Like I, just, I think Seth Rollins was in full blown tears after that match, <laughs> but I was mm-hmm. sitting there next to my guy Jeff. Shout out Jeff from Bleacher Report who runs uh, BR Wrestling, and they show the clip every single time. Every time they do a, a retrospective of that match, they show me and Jeff giving each other a dap because it was literally right after that backwards, <laughs> that 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 reverse Hurricane Rana off the top rope, throwing off the headband and hitting the belly the belly, I was just like, eyes open, mouth dropped, this is it. I say all that to say, that for me, women's wrestling has been chasing that dragon for a long time, and it's gonna continue to do that. I think Brook Breaker Thunder Wrestling got pretty close, only because there's so much to accomplish there in that company as far as women's wrestling. Um, so I think that'll be their version, of Bailey Sasha in Brooklyn. Like, I think they'll be forever chasing that sort of dragon. Um, And now that the the opportunity is there, now the eyes are open, and now everyone's going to be like, well, I want to see Big Swollen Birdbreaker go at it. I want to see, you know, all the rest of the women's division. Jade Cargill. I want to see Red Velvet. I want to see all these girls, like, get this opportunity to really show out like these two showed out. Um, That being said, I don't know. I don't know. Not really there yet. It was a great match great, incredible. I'll remember it for as long as I live, but to say that that match made Bert Baker a bigger star than any woman in WWE is just... You're going too far, brother. You're going too far.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, but it is sort of interesting. You know, looking at WWE, they've done a lot, obviously. the Women's wrestling has come a long way under their watch, and yet... That this is still a conversation that like fair-minded people can have shows mm-hmm. how far they still have to go, right? I mean, it's kind of nuts that like as much as I mean, it, it's nuts that that you can still have matches that are just immediately in the conversation, right? And unlike a regular show, and like what I mean, this was a huge match. Don't get me wrong, but man, well, anyway, hats off, hats off to Thunder Rosa, hats off to Britt Baker. Though that is a that was a great. Great match. Incredible match. And once again, and listen, I said what I said and I, I stand by almost everything I said about about the you know pay the the ending of the pay-per-view and the debut of Christian on an AEW and for whatever it was and blah blah blah. But this mm-hmm. is this is making this is setting expectations and then exceeding them, right? To say yeah. this is we had a main event to show everybody was sort of like, oh, okay. Well, you know, it'll be cool, but will it will it live up to the hype? And then this is just like miles and miles beyond whatever the hype bar was. Um, it's really, really impressive, and it's very rare in this wonderful sport that you and I both love where your expectations are just demolished. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, where you're just – it's cool. It's cool. Um, there was – I mentioned Christian. He had a great promo on AEW. Like, really? I mean, just – I mean – I wish he had done this at the pay per view, but you give him a couple minutes on the mic, and I am more invested in Christian now than I am just about anybody on Monday Night Raw. Right? I mean, just him. It's 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 pretty it's pretty bonkers how good he is, and just how how effective it is to give people the runway to make you care about them. Um, you said
0: it last week. He's a god. As soon as he leaves WWE, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a god. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and he proved it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally true. And he, he made you believe, you know? He, 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 he absolutely made you believe. One other thing about AEW, I totally forgot, I mentioned it earlier, was the MJF promo.
0: Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the yeah.
1: pinnacle <laughs> is now a thing. And first of all, Uh, they MJF was sitting sitting around uh, sending around a video or tweeted out a video about how they kind of like alluded to this over the past months and how I mean talk about long-term storytelling this thing was absolutely amazing
0: masterful yes his
1: ex his explanation I must say left a little bit to be desired in the logic department only because he utterly failed at destroying the inner circle or at least to the degree that he should have been able to he was right there on the verge and then you know whatever but uh He talked his way. I mean, he he tweeted through it, right? I mean, I believed every freaking word that that guy said. He was he's such a good talker and so compelling. Give him the microphone every week and and just watch magic happen.
0: He's twenty four years old. Twenty four. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. 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 I see it. I get it.
1: I'm invested (laughs) in every bit of the pinnacle. And but but here but here's the question I have for you: because both MJF and Bobby Lashley. Uh, were photographed or videoed in private planes this week. Both mm-hmm. of them were wearing immaculate suits. Uh, one of them was fronting a, re- a revitalized. Well, both of them were fronting, uh, you know, new four-horseman type stables. Mm-hmm. Lashley even went so far as to wear a pair of, you know, half-tinted sunglasses that appeared to be directly out of 1985. It's fresh aviators. As, as we roll into fast lane discussion, here's my question for you: Who's a better Ric Flair?
0: Bobby Lashley or MJF. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. I mean
1: And by the way, Lashley, uh, Lashley gave a good promo. Lashley was pretty good on the mic this week too. I mean it was, yeah. you know, MVP, he's always there being outshined by MVP, but it makes it but they make it work so well. I care about Bobby Lashley when he gets on the microphone,
0: especially that he's talking more. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you got the title, you can't just have, like, a talking head unless you got the greatest talking head ever and Paul Heyman. But uh, it's almost doing a disservice to the Hurt Business to compare them to the Horsemen, right? Like, the, the Pinnacle is much more on the nose with the Horseman nods. Like, you got Tully. You got uh, your, 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 your heater tag team in FTR. You got MJF with the ring and all these other things. Like, they are... They have Arne Anderson come out and throw out the four after that, that. It's like, all right, we we get it. We get it. You are the horseman. All right, we get it. Um, so I guess in that sense, I guess MJF's a better Ric Flair because they're essentially doing four horsemen cosplay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just with more people. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do lashley and the hurt business of the service just by comparing them to other factions right like they're not evolution they are not the four horsemen they are not the nation of domination they are the hurt business they are something completely different they are something that feels unique feels different whether it's because they're all black whether it's because they are guys that were literally literally doing absolutely nothing this time last year. <laughs> like, I'm talking about MVP was home. Lashley was in a whatever with Lana. Cedric was barely being on TV. And I, who knows where Shelton Benjamin was to go from that to, you know, at least for a week or two, having all the gold and, you know, being at the top of the car because they were pretty much, they they, they carried Raw. Through the pandemic, like the Hurt Business and Drew McIntyre were Monday Night Raw for a long time. And Asuka were Monday Night Raw for for a very, very long time. And, you know, comparing MJF and Lashley to, to Flair, I just think MJF's just on a better, you know, no disrespect to Bobby Lashley, big Bobby Lashley fan, obviously, good friend as well. MJF's just on a better trajectory. He's 24, dude. He is 24, and he's already gotten the rub from every single person you can ever try to get a rub from, from Jericho to Cody to Tully. Like, they have hit you over the head with this, like, okay, it's Cody's company right now, it's the Young Bucks, it's Kenny Omega right now, but if this company is to live a long 30, 40, 50-year life, MJF is the crown jewel. He's the guy that's going to make it. A, a company that lasts long, and that's what you got to do. You got to invest in the youth.
1: One minor quibble, and, and so far as expectations go, I would love to see Tony Khan like publicly sign MJF and maybe a couple other guys to like twenty-year contracts J- or just whatever <laughs> you know, just like downside guarantees Signs of Bret- or something. Contracts, <laughs> yeah, be- yeah, because because it's a uh, you know it, that sort of commitment is always going to be a question mark in your head right i mean not just in terms of jumping ship but in terms of like the the placement that he gets we want to know if, if AEW it's all the pieces are coming together but it's still a question about hierarchy you know there's still some of those things are still up in the air and listen i don't think i know there's a million reasons why they're not just calling themselves the four horsemen and it would be a bad idea to call themselves the four horsemen but there is a little bit of an emptiness in making up a new name not emptiness less fullness in calling yourselves pinnacle because there's so many factions there, and and this is a this is this is a kayfabe, or this is like a a, a storyline point, not not a public relations point. But I would if it, if they were called the Horsemen. I would know for a fact that they're going to try everything. I mean, that that it's a much more meaningful thing to the company, right? I would know that I could invest all of my kayfabe geek heart and soul in Pinnacle and buy the Pinnacle shirts and get a Pinnacle jacket and do whatever, knowing that they're going to be around for a decade, as opposed to just another faction. They might change the name or they might split up in six months because it's wrestling. Yeah, this is kind of kind of neither here nor there because the whole, because I think the answer to the question is Lashley's actually a slightly better Ric Flair. I think MJF sort of on his own. He is doing the cosplay, but I don't know, man. Lashley with the suit and the belt and the sunglasses and like, like, there are very few wrestlers in professional wrestling history that look right sitting in a private plane and Bobby Lashley and Ric Flair are on that list. Right? Yeah. There, there are very few guys. Bobby, La- can- Bobby
0: Lashley looks like a legitimate athlete. He yep. looks like a legitimate, like mega star athlete. Like I look at him, had I no, had a, no idea what WWE was, I'd be like, that guy's either a linebacker for the Cowboys or, you know, uh, the heavyweight champion of boxing or MMA mm-hmm. or something. You know what I mean? He looks yeah. the part. He just looks the fucking part, man. Um, So I guess in that yeah. sense, you're right.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's, 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 it's a, it's a little thing. A million people have said it, but there's like success. I mean, there's the physical thing. He looks legit. There is the success thing. He's got the belt. He's on TV, like whatever there, there's the trappings of being on a plane, but we've all seen this kayfabe before having a, having a suit that immaculately tailored and that like fashion present is another level of fame and fortune, right? To know, to have the money and the wherewithal to look that good, is sometimes the hardest thing to pull off in pro wrestling because you know they're taping costumes together backstage and stuff like that. He looks one million percent legit, and it's 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 nothing short of impressive. But let's talk about Fastlane. We got we got a, we got a pay per view that probably doesn't matter a lot, but whatever. We got Fastlane coming up on Sunday night. Um, we mentioned it. His uh, Bobby Lashley's WrestleMania opponent, Drew McIntyre, is is taking on Sheamus. I guess they're gonna. there's going to be some sort of special step or something like that because they had the double DQ. I mean, the double KO, no DQ. I mean, they're, you know, they've had all these matches. They hate each other a lot. The stakes are very ambiguous. You're right. Maybe they'll write Sheamus into the main event or give him some main event stipulation going into this match to make it matter more on game day. I don't know. Sheamus, in his promo, was obviously confused about the sequence of events uh, as one would be, as anyone would be in his position. But anyway, I don't think there's any way Drew doesn't win this match. Well, I don't... Okay, I don't think there's any way Drew loses this match. I'll say there's about a 5% chance that Sheamus somehow injects himself into the main event at WrestleMania. Um, I think it's a bigger chance than that. You think it's bigger than 5?
0: I think it's bigger than 5. I think... All right, so here's me putting on my producer hat, right? <laughs> they put a lot of money into Lashley. They put a lot of money into Drew. It's WrestleMania. It's their first time touching where it really matters. I know they've had matches earlier this year, but this is the first time they're touching it where it really matters. There's a small part of me that thinks somebody's got to eat the pin that's not Bobby or Drew because Bobby and Drew is something that could make a lot of money for the next couple of months at least up until SummerSlam especially you know with with you know Bobby's not necessarily healing it up either right like he's just kind of this badass like he's not a good guy or bad guy or whatever he's just an ass kicker right um Drew ass kicker but very clearly a good guy somebody's got to eat that pin at WrestleMania and I don't think it does Bobby a, a disservice to, uh, there's so many other factors. I mean, like, they got the fans. Like, I think there is so much, there is so much riding on this WrestleMania and how WWE is going to go into the future because this is the first show in over a year with fans. And we have done an entire over a year of television without the most important factor in pro wrestling, which is fan reaction. If Drew if Bobby Lashley comes out to 25,000 people at WrestleMania and people are going nuts for him and he loses clean to Drew that is a disaster. If Drew comes out to 25,000 people at WrestleMania and and gets massively booed or cheered, who knows who effing knows. I think they need to throw in a variable in there. That keeps everybody looking good. I think Bobby and Drew make so much money together. That make so much sense together. I think the chances are. I think Sheamus. I think Sheamus pulls it off somehow. I think something happens so that We're, he can eat the pin. This whole so thing he can, is so. That he also, can eat he the can men. eat the pin at WrestleMania. But I do believe he's going to make his way into that main event. I think it's, yeah. it smells like okay. a triple threat to me. Well. Uh, maybe that's the reason why they announced it on Twitter. Maybe because that's not necessarily that the would be the yet. only
1: thing that would justify it. But it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, I'll say this: I would love to see more than anything in the world them do. Let 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 the crowd sort of dictate because this is going to be the first time the crowd's there in a while. This isn't mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a crazy a full like rock Hogan situation. But man, just imagine. Just imagine how interesting it would be if they were just like, all right, guys, you go to the ring, you lock up, and then we'll audible to the ref who's going to win based (laughs) on how the crowd responds.
0: How possible is that? How possible is that? I don't know. I don't know. How
1: how likely is it? Or how technologically, obviously, it's possible. How likely is it? I mean, it's weird because you would think that they would have that that variable i mean they do have that variable obviously in play right i mean it wouldn't be the first time they'd audible to the ref to change a finish yeah you never hear about them doing it just like planning and just saying that's how we're going to do the match but it would it's it's so within the realm of comprehension i don't know why they wouldn't have tried it but regard i'm sure they're gonna i'm sure they're gonna figure it out i mean it's it's a um it's gonna be a lot of fun either way but uh, but i but I, i i know what you mean they've invested a lot in both these guys the only variable that you didn't mention is the rest of the hurt business, and it would not be that it would not be that hard to have them interfere just enough, not to sully the main event, but to legit, but but to make a Drew loss feel a little bit more palatable and to set up a rematch. You know, I mean, th- it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Vince is back there plotting a Drew McIntyre underdog babyface run for the next six
0: months. You know, and, yeah, and, and as just, sort I, of
1: crazy as that is, but, but I we'll, just we'll see. don't
0: see Bobby. I just don't see Bobby being a transitional champion. You don't get you don't get that pyro in no, 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 video. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I don't either. I think I my my guess is that Vince thinks that he's going to have Drew Chase and through WrestleMania but keep getting rematches. I mean through, through sorry through SummerSlam like he's going to be like Drew, like Bobby's going to hang on to the belt for a while. Drew's going to keep chasing. But then at some point along the way it's going to become clear that people love Bobby Lashley. Yes. And you know and and that's going to be hard to do. Maybe SummerSlam will get a Hogan, a Hogan Warrior sort of baby phase versus baby phase moment, but who knows? I'm, I'm fantasy booking from miles and miles. So anyway, we're both. So, so is your official, your official pick for Drew Sheamus, that Sheamus is going to win to get himself into that match?
0: I think that, something is going to happen that is going to give Sheamus, uh, a gripe to be a part of that WrestleMania WWE title match. I think something's gonna happen. He's either gonna win, okay. or something screwy's gonna happen. Something screwy's happening. Point blank, I figured that out. Something screwy's happening.
1: My, I, I'm gonna take the opposite point of view because, and I think it's because I'm so scarred from fantasy booking the Miz into the main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say Drew wins clean, and we're gonna wonder why we had this conversation. All right, um, <laughs> let's just let's just do the other big match while we're here. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. What do you got?
0: Man, the the Roman train ain't stopping, yo. The Roman train is not stopping. I think uh, it's going to be a hell of a match. I think it's going to be a barn burner. But I just don't see that match being anything but Roman and Edge at WrestleMania uh, for the Universal title. Um, Bryan is doing the deeds for everyone. And Roman needs to keep looking good. Everything O'Brien has done since 20, the middle of 2020 has been like, how can I make all these guys that is going to carry the company look great? And the one last step you need to do is to make Roman look as dangerous and as conniving and evil as possible. And the one thing you go into Roman and Edge is like, okay... The, the the tie that binds Edge and Daniel Bryan is that they both had time off due to serious injury, right? Roman's going to hurt Daniel, like, bad. Like, Roman's got to do something that makes people think, oh, God, if he does this to Daniel Bryan, what is he going to do to Edge? You know, and that's the hook for me. You know what I'm saying? So, I think Roman, I think it's a great match, but something's going to happen that's going to make Bryan look very damaged and Roman be like, oh, shit, this guy's going to kill Edge at WrestleMania. <laughs>
1: Uh, One stipulation I forgot to put on the card was that uh, there's a possible special guest enforcer, either Edge or Jey Uso. Right. So I don't know if that changes you guys' opinion or anything like that, but I just wanted to add that to the conversation. Mm.
0: I think think Jey Uso becomes that. I don't know. Man, I don't know. Now that does does change a lot of things. That does change a lot of things. I think uh, there's been rumblings of uh, Jimmy. Soon, I think Jimmy's on, on, on the way back, on the mend, as far as, like, you know, uh, getting back in the ring, getting ready. He's been out for almost a year. I could totally see Edge winning, being an enforcer, but getting taken out by, like, a new super strong Samoan hit squad with Jimmy, J and Roman afterwards. <laughs> like, I could totally see that happening. Uh, but who knows? Who the hell knows? What do you think, Dave? What if they did like a
1: reverse, like uh, a reverse Earl Hebner from the Million Dollar Man days, <laughs> where they had Jay Uso as the special enforcer, but really it was Jimmy Uso and he was on Daniel Bryan's side.
0: It was Jimmy. Oh, no, no. Oh, I, I, I guess I guess,
1: I guess <laughs> Roman probably knows what his cousin looks like. Um, all right, uh, I am gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Roman Reigns because it would be WWE is lucky that the fans aren't chanting to get Daniel Bryan into the main event right now. And if they do anything, anything twisty, anything oblique, then they risk having another WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan being forced into the main event and forced, and they're going to be forced to put him over. So Mm -hmm. I think Roman Reigns is going to win pretty clean. I think this is going to be, I think Daniel Bryan has done more for this match than anyone would have expected him uh, to be able to do. But I think this is going to be a story about Roman Reigns and Edge, and and that's that.
0: Big agree, big agree.
1: One interesting thing from this card, by the way, is uh, that Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Uh, well, Shane dumped a bunch of green slime on Braun Strowman. The less about which said, the better. But do uh, we have but, to talk and, about and,
0: this? <laughs>
1: well, no, no. Actually, we don't have to talk about it because they <laughs> announced that they're going to be fighting at Fastlane, but then there's not there's no record of it online. It's not on. It's not on any WWE.com. It's not on anything else. So there's. So the assumption is they just pulled it from the card and are going to save it for WrestleMania. I guess. I don't know why you would have announced it anyway. But mm.
0: anyway, so we'll,
1: we'll we can skip that one for now. Yeah, um, That was just bad. <laughs> uh, our guy Apollo Cruz. Well, you b- both of these are uh, from the from the our guy family, I guess. But Apollo Cruz versus Biggie, your Intercontinental Championship match. Um, I'm feeling, I mean, I, my assumption is that Big E is going to go over and that this is going to be, and they're going to, you know, set him up for a, you know, against Daniel Bryan or somebody for WrestleMania just to get the biggest names on that card. But who knows? This would be a really good time for Apollo to get the win. I mean, I, it could, it could kind of go either way.
0: Ah, man. Now this is a match I cannot call. Um, can't call it. Can't call it. Um, Big E, a lot invested in Big E. A lot invested in Apollo. I think that Apollo probably does more with the Intercontinental Championship right now. You need some feel-good moments at WrestleMania. Um, man, I could totally see Apollo Crews cheating his way to the Intercontinental Championship and getting a remit and running it back at WrestleMania. And I think that's what I'm going to go with. I think Apollo is going to do something dastardly. To get that title off of Big E, to run it back at WrestleMania, man, he's gotten the he's gotten the best of him the past couple of weeks, and uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me. And if they really feel and they really believe in Apollo and this new look and this new gimmick, man, what a story would that would be, right? Like Apollo yep. Crews going from you know generic wrestler number two to, you know, this fully fleshed out, developed intercontinental champion going into WrestleMania. I would love to see that. And, you know, it can't, I, this is, I feel like this is the match specifically tailored for me where like, can't go wrong. Everybody wins for me. <laughs> Everybody wins for me in this match. So who knows, but I'm gonna go with Apollo.
1: I agree. Uh, I'm going to go with Big E just because I, I. any other pay-per-view, I would pick Apollo. I'm only hedging towards Big E because I think that betting on this, you know, betting on the house is going to be the right... is always the, the safe bet going into WrestleMania. I just mm-hmm. think they... I mean, they just want to get... It's just like they did with the the Raw tag team belts. It's like there's only one thing that matters, and that's getting, like, the biggest names, the biggest attractions on the poster for WrestleMania. So yep. I think for right now, that's Big E. But anyway... Um, what else do we have? Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. Ooh, I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a really really bold call here and go with a non finish.
0: Really, I I think I think uh Alexa Bliss with the victory roll. <laughs> All right, a small package Alexa Bliss to Randy Orton, clean one two three, Bob Backlund style. <laughs> That's where <what> I'm going. <laughs> no, uh, I think it's time for the fiend to come back. I think everybody kind of see this coming uh yeah. you know it seems like easy peasy lemon squeezy uh for a fiend return to set up to wrestlemania
1: and what else do we have that we haven't talk- oh oh, oh the, the the women's tag team match sasha and bianca versus nia jackson Shayna baszler uh i think this is a pretty safe bet that the champs will retain and we will have a uh some a fa- some fallout on the babyface side heading into the wrestlemania match
0: hmm. Mm hmm. I agree with you on that one. Definitely I agree with you on that one. Uh, I think uh Naya and I think this is Naya and Shayna winning. Sasha and Bianca have played nice as long as they can. Now it's time to turn on the juice and make me really watch them fight. So I think I think you're right there.
1: All right. Well, that's your uh, that's fast lane. I mean, listen, it's, it, there's a lot of fun stuff on this card. I'm gonna have trouble getting over the, the Twitter announcement of the WrestleMania main event, but for the purposes of excitement on Sunday, um, I'm I'm all I'm all in for this. We're all in, guys. Um, what are we gonna do? Not watch? <laughs>
0: That's what we do.
1: I have one. I have one. Just stray thought coming out of uh, all the goings on of this week. You know we always complain or we not you and I but online there's always people are always talking about whenever someone like Andrade wants out of his contract or something else happens or the Twitch stuff or whatever everyone's just like yeah there's independent contractors you, you know, that, that's what you're going to call them they can't do what they want everybody always makes this case right but the argument is always Well, you can't just like opt out of your contract, even if you think you have the legal rights, because you're going to be tied up in lawsuits with WWE for the rest of your life. Right. And because they have all this big money, they're just going to demolish you even if you're even if you're right. Yeah, dude. Why? If if Tony Khan really wanted to screw with WWE, why doesn't he just set up a nonprofit that just funds anybody's lawsuit (laughs) to
0: try to get out of a WWE contract? Uh, that would be hella petty <laughs> uh, well but yeah
1: I guess I guess I guess I mean but I, I wonder if he's the sort of guy that would agree with that agree with the politics of it maybe not maybe not he's you know he
0: does come from money but I was about to you say know, the, like um, do you really want to dig into how a billionaire makes his money because then you no, know it'll be a, no, not a, yeah. no no no
1: no no not at all But, but man I mean it's just weird that like that one of the best wrestlers in the world is not be is not on television, cannot leave of his own volition. Uh and and there's just it's just sad. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Where's all the W why don't we ch- can we not chant him into the WrestleMania main event? Can we can we not that's what would be happening right now, by the way, if there were fans, WWE's lucky there's not fans. They would be Andrade would be people would be watching this shamus Drew McIntyre match on Sunday and chanting for Andrade they got to realize that maybe they don't maybe they maybe they do and they're just happy about it anyway fast lanes this sunday hope you guys enjoy it hope you guys enjoyed the show today hope you guys uh have you know lots of opinions on our star power rankings tweet at us if you have if you think we're crazy which we obviously are kaz you want to do your plugs on the way out of here?
0: Yes, sir. Check out Stay Us" with Kazlow and Rosie every Monday on every streaming platform and YouTube.com slash Kazim. Check out a new episode of the first one today with DJ Khaled. Uh, we have Gwen Stefani on the show today. Love her. Um, also, check out me on MSGPM tonight and through every Knicks home game um, on MSG Networks. Uh, I think this week we have Eddie Wong. Uh, DJ Clark Kent and Rutgers head coach, uh, the head coach of Rutgers basketball team, who was in uh, March Madness this week. So, lots of fun guests after Nick's magic tonight, and um, I think that is everything. I think that is everything.
1: All right. If you want to hear me talk, this is where you do it. We're on the press box. But until we talk again, apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show.